You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone, the longest-running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I am your host, Guy Grumpy, along with my great friend, Noodle Swoop. Hello. As always, this show is brought to you by lovely listeners just like you. So thank you so much to Ridiculous Hat, Beef Squatch, and James W. for making this show possible. You can help us by joining us at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone for just $1 a month. This is episode 237. Before we get into the meat of it, where we're just going to talk about the uh, best performing decks in the new meta, uh, this wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone without sharing our joy. So, Doodle, what's been making you happy lately? So, it's it's actually interesting that you say that we're going to talk about the best performing decks, because actually what's making me happy lately is actually a weird thing, and it doesn't it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to say it, but... What's making me happy is Paladin right now is in the dumpster. And it is hmm. the bottom class, but that's also where I feel engaged the most with the game because I feel like I'm trying to problem solve a problem that exists for my class. And I end up playing way too much of various decks trying to figure out a solution or a deck that works really well for me. And okay. it actually has gotten me to to really engage with the game in a different way and it gets my creative juices flowing. So I really end up spending just an inordinate amount of time, like very minusculely picking out like one card, trying it out, checking and seeing its performance and then play testing, play testing, play testing. And then I end up switching it to like try a different card to eventually get to a point where I I figured out like a control kind of quest list that I I'm really enjoying, but it's still probably not the best thing to be doing right now. <laughs> and that we'll get, we'll get into that later, but it, it is actually bringing me a lot of joy. That process of, of sitting down and taking that like painstaking, like intricacy. That's actually where I, I, I actually really enjoy the game that deck building and play testing that's that's like my my happy spot and and so i've been playing way too much hearthstone and that's a good thing i think for me yeah no it fits your personality a bit as one of those grinders you just gotta grind until you find what you what works right <laughs> so uh, i have to admit when i make my own deck and it performs okay even on the ladder then i'm i'm pretty happy too that's probably when i'm the happiest totally understand that so then what is making you happy uh, for me, well, I'm about to start traveling again as part of my job. It's something I used to do a lot uh, and didn't realize I missed until I wasn't doing it anymore. And mostly it was the extra perks that you get, like the hotel points or airline miles that end up making your vacations outside of work a lot less expensive. So I'm happy that I'm back to the point that I get to do it starting tonight, actually, heading out to Las Vegas for a week. Um, and getting to meet my teammates for face to face for the first time should be should be a lot of fun. And then we've got some more scheduled already for September and October in Phoenix and Denver. So, uh, yeah, getting to travel again, getting to build up those rewards programs, and uh, yeah, make life a little bit more pleasant is making me happy. I'm looking forward to it. I, I completely get that. In fact, just just actually finished up coming back from a uh, work trip. Just this past weekend and and i understand it too the best part for me also is the team building that happens like i don't mm -hmm. normally spend a lot of time with my coworkers outside of work but i get a chance to get to know some of my coworkers when we go to like dinner after we're done with what our mm -hmm. work for the day so i i actually 
really enjoy those trips too. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it's kind of interesting because I haven't seen my manager since uh, since I joined. So getting to see him for the first time. He's a friend of mine, too. So uh, it should should be a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, let's get into it then. The best decks uh, looking pretty spooky, they say. <laughs> That's correct. We, we For an HS replay, they just put out a tweet that talked about the best performing decks post the patch with the best performing decks focusing on Spooky Mage as the first one with a 59.3% win rate. This deck centers around summoning a lot of the volatile s- skeletons and being able to control the board through freezes to be able to continue to summon those skeletons and then eventually either win through hero power and Mordresh or Kel'Thuzad and resummoning a whole bunch of things, potentially just using Rune of the Archmage to also do a bulk of the work, or even Sire Dynathrius as a final kind of win solution. That's actually the deck that I've mostly been playing uh, in this in this meta since the expansion, really. It's really brought me back into Mage, which was my main for a long time, and I kind of struggled around uh, as they changed what Mage was supposed to do. And it feels like this is kind of coming back more around to what... Uh, the mage that I really enjoy, and and it's it's definitely a powerful deck. the The skeletons themselves are are not something to just be kind of ignored or or not mm-hmm. dealt with. They 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 kind of dual purpose themselves. They're not only are they attackers and board presence, but they also can work as a board clear and then even just damage going face when they explode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. kind of it almost feels like they're too much value for what they are because of the various. Uh, abilities of not only the skeleton itself but the synergy with also the six mana spell also with ability to kind of work with Kel'Thuzad as well and I I really like it because it seems like it brings back some of the control uh, that that you had whereas for a long time their mage was really the class of random and even though the the targets of the uh, exploding skeletons uh, are random then it still feels like it's a little bit more controlled than than we've seen in uh, past few sets. And it, it's doing quite well on the ladder. And then moving on, Ramp Druid is actually the the next one behind that that focuses on using not only the Wild Blue Beastsman to draw your nourish and kind of get that whole guff synergy going, but it also focuses on the synergies between uh, Skelonixia and also Topier, the Shrubber Gazer, to be able to summon out a whole bunch of whelps so that way they can die and eventually you'll Rush. get a big sire Dynathrius out of it. There's also alternate win conditions and using the Oracle of a Loon along with Naga, Naga Giants to be able to summon a whole bunch of big beefy minions onto the board and kind of win through board presence as well. It's kind of a neat mixture too. It's kind of a fun game, uh, fun deck to play. Uh, it's uh, difficult to play against. Topior really just seems to carry uh, if they can get control of the board in the mid game. Yeah, and Topior can can become even more disgusting i played against a ramp druid uh i want to say it was last night that was able to get three three of them and they did did that by getting mm-hmm. bran onto the board and getting topior down and they also made a copy of their topior because of mm-hmm. uh, being able to get a moonlight guidance to draw it so it was yeah i i didn't win that one <laughs> <laughs> 
it is. It's funny. It's only there are only three threes, but they they make a huge difference, just like the two two volatile skeletons do in the in the big decks. So it might just be those free minions, right? Yeah, and that constant board presence. Yeah, that's it's always going to win the day, and and that's the kind of the name of the game, even with a vast majority of the decks right now is is it is very board focused. That holds true for the next one on the list, which is Beast Hunter. And Beast Hunter is focused on kind of doing a little bit of like face things, starting off a, a little initial aggro with the Batty Guest and uh, you got the Kinematron pulling things out with like the Peasant as well. Um, but it really focuses on using Wild Spirits and the Wild Seed minions that allow them to really kind of get a board presence that's built kind of out of nowhere and overwhelms you in that aspect and then also focuses on getting the rat king out and then eventually hydrolodon mountain bear type of things and eventually cyrodernathrius at the end for beast hunter as well a very common thread through the top three decks is uh the cyrodernathrius kind of ending effect if you can't overwhelm with alternate win conditions of just like being able to put a lot of pressure and minions onto the board. Eventually you kind of have that back end uh, winning strategy with Sire Denethris as well. And another thing to note on this one is it's the first one with uh, Renathal in it. So it's one of those XL decks that just has a lot of threats. And I've, I've found that between that and the the mountain bear that they're able to really stabilize, even if they, even if you do a lot, get a lot of removal uh, down. So, you know, they really stabilize quickly uh, and yeah, you can usually get them down like 20 and then it, then it gets really difficult. It's quite interesting. In fact, the, the top four performing decks all use Renathal. And uh, obviously that increased health, uh, that's definitely the benefit. And you've not been dissuaded by the fact that you have to draw through that deck and consistency issues aren't a problem, especially when you're talking about uh, Druid being able to draw into a vast majority of their solutions. Hunter oftentimes also has strategies in order to help draw through their deck as well. Whereas Mage is kind of going a little bit of draw, a little bit more control aspect of uh, their deck to, in order to be able to kind of keep that stabilization going. So those are the top three, and they are very board-centric when we're talking about how board presence is a thing. But the next one on the list doesn't even do that at all. <laughs> it's like, but let's just not do that. And that's Quest Hunter. Quest Hunter uh, still still prevalent, still here still something that exists obviously the the nerf to uh dragonbane shot just means that it's not used anymore uh there's a good variety of other uh damaging spells out there and in fact stag charge makes an entrance here as well you still see parts and pieces of some of the wild seed spell components but not necessarily the the ones that summon minions there's not as much board presence through the use of, say, like the um, Spirit Poacher and also Ar- Aralon in this list. So there's not really much of a, a presence on the board from minions. Minions do end up on the board randomly from time to time, but for the most part, it's uh, all about putting damage face, and <laughs> when they don't have to interact with your board, it can definitely be beneficial to Quest Hunter to be able to kind of go that route and... Sometimes mm-hmm. it, it feels like you don't even have much of much counterplay because there's only so many counter spells you can have, only so many Blade Master Okani's that <laughs> that might help you out. So it can definitely take take you by surprise and kind of take over the match and solves it there. 
Yeah, very quickly. And this is another. This is probably the first one I think it benefits more from having more uh, cards in the deck than uh, just the extra life. They just need a little bit of draw if you can survive with enough life to uh, to get to the later game when they only have one or two cards in their hand. It's a it's beatable, which is probably why it's fourth instead of at the very top. But uh, yeah, still a very fast deck uh, to you get to that quest completion very quickly. Well, and I, I think the bunker helps a lot with that deck as well. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that it can draw out those secrets, which then helps you to to make sure that your top decks are even more viable for you, helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, tracking is a big star in that show too, being able to find the right answer at the right time and draw it without having to just discard the other things. Although maybe this version of it might not be upset about discarding out some of those cards and thinning the deck. It's definitely a powerhouse and is the reason it's in the top five. And then finally, uh, another very board centric version of uh, Druid out there is Beast Druid. And actually Beast Druid is a very low curve version of Druid and also not an XL list. This is actually a list without Renathal. And it's focused on just being able to hit the board hard and fast and, and, finish out that game as quickly as possible building up beefy boards that if you're not able to get a board clear by turn five or not able to control their minions uh that's pretty much it and this is one that jilly's been playing and when she built it she was like i don't even think there's any new cards in the deck turns out there are a couple but at least in the uh, the top one here that we're looking at but still it's very little uh investment to get the beast druid so if you're struggling to find something that works on limited budget that might be the one that you you look at oh it's it's definitely budget friendly there's i don't there's not even a uh legendary inside the whole entire list <laughs> so <laughs> In fact, I think one of my my favorite cards, at least when he initially came out, Iron Deep Trog, he, he's definitely a star in the show, too, especially as a lot of lists that are out there are very heavy on uh, spell investment, especially right at the get-go. And he mm-hmm. puts in a lot of work, especially because you can also increase his health with the Beaming Sidekick. Using uh, Mark of the Wild can help him out as well. And then eventually Herald uh, of Nature and Pride Fury also make the presence very very solidified so impactful yeah yeah you'll you'll definitely get value out of being able to create more of them so that way you can buff up your board as well it the fact that like (laughs) as a paladin player it it kills me trog you can't you you can never really get rid of them they just end up you can clear (laughs) the bigger ones that are buffed but there's always and you always end up with like two or three that are left behind after you did your combination of like pyromancer clears or your equality and your city tax they never completely disappear unless somehow they the the druid player had like a full board completely full board already before you got to that point which at that point you're probably already dead anyhow (laughs) (laughs) wait until they have a full board (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's interesting to look at the those top performing decks and when we t- look at all five of them these best performing decks weren't really even decks that were hit with the patch notes like the the changes that happened most recently that came down every single one of them d- didn't receive a buff they just have been best performing decks already and the the classes that were hit by the buffs they weren't even really impacted at all now, granted, Celestial Alignment has not seen play since it, it was nerfed. Um, that is one card that definitely uh, 
by taking away the ability to impact your opponent, it does mean that, well, that deck can still have big swing turns. It's not the broken thing to do anymore to be able to just close out your opponent for the rest of the game. (laughs) Right. There is counterplay, and because of that ability to have counterplay, it just becomes a thing that people aren't even doing anymore. Yeah, the the power was really the disruption on the other end, anyway. So, uh, so I wouldn't have expected to see see that uh, survive. I've How- been seeing a lot less of the Snowfall Guardian as well, but uh, it sounds like that's still in some of the the big control warrior or control shaman decks. Yeah, and. Um, uh, the Snowfall Guardian, it still exists in the Snowfall Guardian list. And in fact, if there, we were talking about like the best top performing six decks of the meta, that number six probably would be Control Shaman. It's 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 still very powerful being able to continually freeze things. That's really the benefit from Snowfall Guardian. Granted, also being able to freeze things that are growing on your side of the board and then you're eventually able to push through with that damage was the big benefit out of running it but uh even with that control shaman is really focused on the cyrodynathrius and gold mm-hmm. benefit just like every other list that we've seen that the cyrodynathrius is definitely a big part of that too and continues to yeah. to provide every deck with pressure and also uh again a number six or seven list would be imp warlock just because viral vile library ended up taking one less plus one plus one uh, doesn't mean right. that that list is not still a powerhouse of a list. The librarian is still doing a lot of things for that list. Uh, <laughs> and it's still a powerhouse. I oftentimes, if I see one of those librarians come down on like turn one, I'm like, I know I'm, I'm not going to fare very well, uh, <laughs> let alone two. Uh, and, the list does not suffer from draw, so it's it's very very much still a top house contender in in the meta. And then as far as the wild seeds, the four two bow versus the three two bow, it's still a lot coming to the face. <laughs> it's still so much. I mean, yes, it, overall it's four less damage for a whole entire game, but you can randomly receive more than even two like two of the stag wild seeds i mean you can kind of guarantee a certain amount of them but uh they pop up more than i would like them to (laughs) yeah yeah they seem to be the most common one for me (laughs) on when playing against it anyway so the wild seed presence is is just kind of overwhelming and and on top of it sometimes the fact that they are the wild seeds are dormant allows the hunter to kind of have boards that are a little bit resistant to board clears as well and knowing mm-hmm. that that next turn they're still going to have something that comes active, you ha- have to pick and choose when is it that you want to have that board clear? When is it that you want to work on trying to eliminate some of those threats that they have on board? Or do you just hold back or develop on your own board? It makes for a lot of mm-hmm. interesting counterplay. But at the same time, it's it's definitely difficult to think, oh, I'm going to leave up a 5-4 that's also going to give them a weapon on the next turn if I clear what is there at the present moment fortunately it doesn't have rush or anything but yeah not that it can't get rush because we also know that that's the true. castle kennels exist and even the doggy biscuit so oftentimes i that's that's usually how i see uh the stag spirit wild seed being used is it's given rush <laughs> more hmm. more 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 times than i can count it's been a seven four that ends up clearing my uh, big taunts that I try to put in the way. <laughs> so uh, notably missing so far is the the 
mightily buffed paladin class, uh, which is one of your expertise areas. So what's going on there? So, I mean, that's a big thing, too. You talk about a lot of the buffs. So let's let's also look at all, all of the things that were buffed. We saw Demon Hunter get buffed with the relics going out there, uh, as well as uh, the kind of hyper-aggressive focused Bibliomite mag- Magnifying Glaive, and even a bigger version getting Abyssal Depths. And even the Brute got buffed, get, get back. which is a really weird thing because, like, Quest Demon Hunter doesn't quite really exist, but a lot of people are trying it because of that. Paladin received all of its buffs with things for Silver Hands, getting Taunt, which is odd as well. Uh, those extra taunts, I mean, it can be a thing, but is it really a thing if uh, you're also having to run a one mana spell that requires that you at least pay <laughs> two mana with your hero power first before you can get a 4-4 four, four with taunt? So a three mana, four, four with taunt. I mean, that doesn't even feel on rate for if I was just playing the minion as a minion on its own. Mm -hmm. And then Rogue also received buffs, which actually the Edwin buff, when it first came out, was like really impactful, right? We saw a lot of people playing Rogue because of that Edwin buff and various things with Sprint also getting buffed. And I don't really understand the poison and Halkius buffs. And even Warrior received a lot of buffs with their kind of aggressive style and even control seeing some return of a lot of pieces. In fact, uh, Shield Shatter returned back to its original form. And sadly, we still don't see <laughs> Control Warrior out there. It just can't quite line up with the power that that has really come down the line. For Warrior, uh, Control Warrior not being as prevalent in the ladder doesn't really hurt my feelings at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> seeing the return of those parts and pieces for Control Warriors. I mean, I think it probably was on rate when we were talking about a four-set meta, but when you talk about mm-hmm. a five-set meta, there's just things that are going to be able to outpower a lot of those control aspects. And... It's just not the thing to do anymore. People have moved on and found other things to do. So it's interesting. I, I, I definitely see a lot of a lot more of the enraged kind of warrior out there. It does exist. It, it, it can kind of snowball with the new abused axe doing its thing with the reduced infused cost. But um, oftentimes, if you lose your board presence with that deck, uh, you just kind of lose the game. It doesn't have yeah. very much of a comeback mechanic. Not a lot of rushers in there besides Rakara. So um, I think it's it's balancing kind of that rush and frenzy synergies, but uh, finding that might maybe a little bit of work. But really, when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, when we look at the top decks for win rates, when we look at HS replay, you know, you're you're looking at. Even, Control Shaman's showing at 49.9% as I look at the front page. Um, and below that is Priest, and then Rogue, and then Demon Hunter, and then Warrior, and then Paladin at the very bottom. So the buffs really didn't do much. I mean, they, I know I've, I've seen tweets out there from Hearthstone devs when they talk about buffs. It's like sometimes they want to buff something they don't necessarily know how it's going to go and you may end up with something that becomes way too powerful and even edwin was seen as like oh my goodness this is some this is way too heavy of a touch it's going to be broken 
But even now, Rogue's still sitting at 48.3% win rate. So The Demon Hunter did have a pretty big jump, though, uh, after the buffs. So they were under 40%, I believe, before, and so making it that much. And uh, Draco's posted a couple lists that he's had some success with. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's just a matter of finding... Uh, finding the right combination of things to bring it back in line with previous metas that are pretty closely um, contested. And and that's definitely a thing. Like uh, it, I've seen Draco's tweets too, but he gets like a list to like 51, 52% for himself, which is great, mm-hmm. especially when you look at the win percentages overall. But, you know, Draco gets a, a pro demon hunter player, I'm sure he mm-hmm. can ensure that he's getting at least a 50% win rate just out of solid play, but not every single player that picks up that same deck is going to have the same results. No, very true, but it's, it's the same for anything on the, the win rates uh, yeah. list here. I'm definitely not getting 59% with Mage or 52% <laughs> even. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, And I get that too, right? It's definitely up to the player to do their part having a deck that does perform while you're able to see other pro players playing it and then you know how it's played type of thing does merit out some things but clearly there are some outliers with the fact that like the buffs didn't have a major impact for a lot of these lists other than increasing their win percentages slightly but paladins all the way down at 42.1 um and actually hs replay if you go through the list it shows uh Mech Paladin is currently the best performing list with actually like a 58% win rate. Granted, oh, wow. uh, like barely anybody is playing that list, <laughs> but it is, it is out there, but it has not even, there's not even a single card that has changed from the sunken city list that ha- that came out that were refined. Uh, it's like, if you want to play Paladin, just play with your old cards. Don't play any of the new things, which is kind of sad. I mean, they went through all this effort to buff certain cards, and those cards aren't even currently seeing play. It, it, it's well, a little disheartening. Maybe not in standard. Wild's a little bit different. I mean, in Wild, I definitely think it would be a, a different thing. I mean, promotion is is definitely... Uh, must be a powerhouse along with Stewart. I would think uh, you'd instantly slot those into Odd Paladin and be yeah. incredibly happy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty pretty nuts, especially the Warhorse Trainer now giving you a taunt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's harder to kill that off now. And on top of that, one more attack. Uh, yeah, I can see closing out yeah. games just by putting down both of your Warhorses, and that's enough to to. <laughs> stampede over your opponent <laughs> for sure for sure it's also really good in duels the silver hand package performs pretty decently there too mm-hmm. with the right combination of hero powers and stuff so and and even p- the pure paladin list is doing quite well as as well uh the changes to the countess well helpful still doesn't result in necessarily the the end result that a lot of people want i don't know if the difference of the invitations being two mana versus three mana was that impactful if you manage to Mm -hmm. place her down on turn seven you're still waiting a turn it is that turn eight more beneficial because of the fact that like you can use all your invitations and still have a couple mana left over for a hero power. I mean, maybe, but 
the win rates don't necessarily, you know, say that that's the reason that, that that's happening. It, it might be more beneficial. Cariel being really the, the main powerhouse of the, the list, but it's, it's, it's really, the list feels like you're going to play pure. So that way you can play the end result, which is gardens, grace going face on a randomly <laughs> found charge. Minion. Yeah. That. So like King crush or Alakir or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Gromash and then being able to buff them with Cariel So that way you can put them face and it's like, so that way you can play Holy Paladin now you just don't include wild pyromancer and also Samaro. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily a huge benefit. Yeah, I honestly haven't run into any pure uh pallies uh, honestly so. So it and it's a lot of it's that just people are aren't are just not playing paladin. And the sad part is that that was one of the buffs. The The major buffs hit all of the, the dude synergy, which we talked about a little bit, right? Promotion, giving that plus, th- plus three, plus three, and also taunt. Uh, the Warhorse Trainer giving taunt plus an additional attack. And uh, Stand Against Darkness going from five mana to four mana. It <laughs> It's interesting, but at the same time, it doesn't ultimately uh, resolve the problem, which is that the quest itself has a lot of flaws in it. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about about this prior to the shows. When we talk about the quest in general, every quest has like these steps that you have to go along and the steps for each quest kind of synergize, should synergize with your with your class's deck build and synergy and work towards that quest completion. Like for Druid, you gain more armor after you've done various attacks, which would make sense if you're using those attacks for control of the board, that you would eventually get more armor to replace some of that health that you've lost potentially to be able to kind of get to that quest completion before you're maybe you've taken too much damage going face. It's kind of like a same with the quest hunter where quest hunter you can change your hero power to be able to target minions on the board so that way you can control the board and get to that quest completion when we looked at quest mage we talked about being able to discover spells and draw spells to get you to that quest completion because you have to get the various stages and in fact that that quest was so broken that you know i ended up seeing nerfs along with warlock who also received nerfs because of the fact that the stages were giving healing back and it was about self damage. And maybe that was (laughs) too much of what it was doing. And then uh, shaman receives the ability to unlock some of those overloaded crystals, which then means you're going to be able to get some of those abilities to get that, the overload synergies going just right. You get even a taunt minion, which protects you when you're overloaded on that turn following as you're working up that quest completion Priest gets to discover cards, which will help them complete out their quest as well and draw into their deck. And so with Rogue, you get the spy gizmos that enable you a little bit more control so that way you can get to that quest completion and and kind of make it so your opponent doesn't have much counterplay. In fact, one of the best 
board control presence that I've seen. I, in fact, I, I wonder why I haven't seen rogues kind of playing with that a little bit more. But still, definitely you see benefit out of that quest progression. Even with Demon Hunter, you discount down the cards that you've drawn into and you're able to then progress further along in your quest playing those cards so you can draw more and then discount down thing, your things further. And even uh, Pirate Warrior, I mean, obviously we saw how the drawing out that weapon synergizes with the pirates that have their attack abilities um, and then they're able to kind of get that damage all going the exact right direction that they want to go to eventually have the unlimited value of random weapons and pirates and damage going face and with paladin we get to have a little tiny sword that gets to poke our opponent in the face for four turns for tier one and then we get to upgrade our hero power which is not something we want to even really be doing until the very end it definitely feels like a draxis style (laughs) value tool which uh is interesting too it's the, the quest paladin list oftentimes sets itself up to be the rewards are very control-centric. And meanwhile, it's based on silver hands, which are very aggro-centric. And so it feels very much uh, juxtaposed. It's not quite... It's like the quest progression doesn't balance with what the end goal is, which is eventually you want to overwhelm your opponents with all your dudes on the board. It's... <laughs> It's not quite the synergies aren't aren't quite there like they are with every other list. And in fact, even just having a one four weapon doesn't quite make sense. It's not the control tool that we need. It's like it'd be different if it if it equipped you with that the three damage, three healing lifesteal, you know, hammer that. That thing would be make sense, right? Uh, okay, now you get this hammer that you can control the board presence and you're healing your own face so that way you could kind of get rid of some of the threats that are out there. But even that's not what <laughs> Paladin receives. Uh, it's not draw, which Paladin suffers from draw, yet we're, we're then given the quest says play one mana things. Well, one man of things means that you need to be able to replenish your hand because you have a lot of one man of things inside your deck, and that's not even there. No draw for Paladin either. It's in a weird spot, and I don't know if the buffs that they targeted for Quest Paladin actually have done anything to address the problem of the quest to begin with. They address problems of by giving it taunt, it's not that's not gaining ability for board control it almost it'd be more beneficial if it was rush right like your warhorse trainer gives your silver hands rush okay perfect that that synergizes well even with Stuart the steward right i can summon out a another silver hand it gets rush it has more attack it it goes and controls the board and then the next silver hand i summon again gets rush and then that does more control on the board <laughs> And it would almost fit the synergies better for for me, in my opinion. And then maybe keep promotion has taunt so that there's a balance to it, right? Balance of one taunt minion and then a few rushers. And then you can potentially even play the stockades guard, another one mana minion 
and kind of go that route or maybe just change it so it's not one mana cards altogether and instead it's focused on let's go ahead and see how many silver hands you can recruit and you know you need three silver hands to progress to the next step and then three more silver hands to progress to the next step that way even if you use stand against darkness like it would summon you five but the only the three would count and then you'd have the next step to like try it again okay i can get two out of the uh big buffet big gun and then i can use a hero power that gets me my third one and then i'm 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 off to the races and completed my quest it's it's just an interesting balance and uh, i don't know if they've really achieved that balance with quest paladin i don't know where the design flaw happened with that that they considered it was a very silver hands is all about overwhelming by board presence, getting those things out there like odd paladin was, but now they've changed it. And then they changed it in a way that just doesn't quite fit the mold. (laughs) So you mentioned all these quest decks, but apart from quest hunter, I really haven't seen a lot uh, down where I am. Are you seeing a lot of quest anything? So quest priest Quest Priest is definitely a mainstay. Um, it is it is out there and prevalent uh, quite a bit. And because of the fact that Renathal allows Priests to be able to get up to 40 health, and then there's various ways that they're able to maintain that health, it's hard for a lot of decks to get to the point where they've overwhelmed a Priest opponent by the time they get to that quest completion, right? You're controlling the board making board focused kind of things to eventually get to your sire dinathrius to do enough damage but even that's a challenge before that quest is completed because of the quest progression for priest they're able to draw and find those solutions and discover them too with various the two mana spells that they have they can Uh, discover a spell they can also use the new uh secret finder to find that right card for quest progression because there's a lot of three mana secrets out there with mage um and so priest is in actually a really great spot for their quest we know that (laughs) probably quest warlock and even quest mage would still be seeing play if it wasn't for nerfs and granted, we haven't seen much Questrid, but I do know Questrid was very much a thing even back in uh, the Voyage to the Sunken City. And in fact, I would think Quest Warrior would still be very viable if if not for the nerfs that it received as well. I know Quest Shaman was seeing a little bit of play with some of the content creators that were out there. I know Edelweiss was a big proponent for, for Quest Shaman back in Voyage of the Sunken City, I don't know if she's taken that back to the ladder. Again, I I would think Quest Rogue would be in a good spot, but I don't know Rogue well enough. Uh, It's definitely not one of my highest played uh, classes, but... Yeah, well, they didn't get anything new, and people do like to play with the new stuff. That's part of the reason I'm saying I don't really see them anymore. Um, So, uh, yeah, I guess I don't have as much of an opinion on it. Well... uh, and and yeah. and I agree with you there. Like that's the big thing for me is like people want to play with the new stuff, and the new stuff for Paladin is playing the quest. Right? We received promotion. We received the buffet big gun. We received Stuart. Like a vast majority, the bulk of the cards were either focused on pure or focused on the quest. And so <laughs> that's the reason that it becomes that conversation when you look mm-hmm. at 
Druid, they received more things that helped them with Ramp, which is why Ramp is now still even more of a powerhouse. Uh, Mage get, received all the skeletons, which is why we're seeing all that skeleton support. Hunter received mm-hmm. all those wild mm-hmm. seed things. We see a ton of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Imp Warlock is is the newest and biggest thing for Warlock. And Shaman is, is Control Shaman with all of the various evolved tools being part of its package. That is, again, the new thing that, mm-hmm. I, that has existed. And Priest... Uh, for the quest is using a lot of the thief portions to help the quest viability as well. The identity theft card, that card is broken. I mean, this is it is disgusting. Be able being able to essentially Theo somebody's Theo before they can Theo is <laughs> it, it. There are times where I can see that you, you can you can you can get against priests like see four or five Theos happening before you're done with the game. And at that point, you're probably done with the game. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have walked away already. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's interesting. When you look at the bottom classes, it, it is a struggle to find viability out of the new cards that were provided. That is really what it's having a major impact. Rogues not quite seeing the benefit of the secret synergies just yet. They they are seeing that the miracle side, that is definitely a vi- viable deck strategy for them to go with. Granted, it's not to the point that it's elevating it to a tier one deck or tier two deck, but it's still something that people are very much playing and enjoying. And I know rogue enthusiasts out there are enjoying the fact that Edwin received that buff but it's still not getting it to rise above, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it seems like most of the time when Rogue uh, appears super powerful, like the old quest days, um, then they get a lot of attention, and a lot of people complaining because the way they win isn't fun to play against, uh, but again, isn't necessarily the strongest uh, decks in the meta. So I guess the, the question then becomes, with all of these buffs... Is it the fact that we need more nerfs to existing archetypes, like perhaps Guff might need to receive a little bit of attention? Or is it that the buffs didn't didn't target the right things, or maybe they just didn't do enough? What's the solution? Do we rework the Paladin quest? Is, is it talk about potentially buffing things yet again? Or is it more wait and see? Because we got a mini set that's around the corner. And it's very possible that a lot of these buffs that initially didn't make a lot of sense to us make more sense when the mini sets involved, right? Yeah, I don't think you're going to see a lot of changes to um, older cards, especially legendaries like the quest. So I, I would think that, yeah, they, they'll try to fix it either in the mini set or uh, moving forward. Or maybe they are OK with it being a little bit uh, less balanced than we had right after the mini set. You know, sometimes it's OK to let that lag a little bit and then fix it in the next big expansion. Mm-hmm. And that's possibly where it is. And like I said, I mean, I'm I get passionate about talking about the quest and talking about Paladin <laughs> and even uh when I'm talking about the buffs, I, you might hear that passion about me saying it's not doing enough. But in the end, I'm I'm still I'm in my happy place. Like I love 
Yeah, like you mentioned. Sorry. I, I love working on, on these things and, and trying to find solutions. And I think that's the biggest thing when you're, when you're hearing from me, the passion is I want to find a solution. I, I want it to work out for everybody to have a more balanced gameplay experience because you don't want to walk in and, and play the game, click play, knowing that you're already at a disadvantage. You 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 want right. to feel like you you either are on an even playing field or even have a slight advantage over some of the players. Now, I do ha- have to say, as far as percentages go, when we looked at it previously before the the nerfs and buffs, the percentages were definitely more askewed. Right there, there were lists mm-hmm. that were well into the low forties, even thirties, um, and there were lists that were all the way up to like sixties and seventies. So. There, there has been a, it, some impact, but a lot of it is the percentages are merited out of the fact that like people just have stopped playing Paladin. <laughs> people have just stopped playing Warrior. People have just stopped playing Demon Hunter. And so the percentages are going down because people are like, well, I guess I'll just play Mage or Druid because that's the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good right now. And so, you know, if you're mirror matching all the time versus another mage, your percentages are going to get more in line. So fair enough. Yeah, I think I'm I am excited for the mini set. I do want to see the direction that they go. And it's possible they add in just one or two things that were missing from each of these classes. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second. All those buffs that you gave, you need to pull some of those back. (laughs) The biggest thing I would say is. If you if you want to be doing well, find some of those best performing decks. Feel free to to pick up Beastrid, uh, pick up Spooky Mage, do your thing with it, and win some games. But if you're like me and you enjoy your class, you know, realize find the fun where it is. Right, like for me, it's the fun of working that intricacy and working out the solution. And if that's enjoyable for you, do that too. I don't want to tell somebody that don't play your class, but just realize it's 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 a labor of love and uh, realize that this is the current meta. The mini set comes out that changes up the meta again. And there might even be more nerfs or even buffs coming down the way and that'll change it up again. And then even at the, down the line, next expansion that changes it up again. So, you know, <laughs> constantly evolving card games. Yeah. Uh, find the fun where it is. And if you are looking for Palad Index, definitely follow Noodle on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he does post ones when he finds something that does work. And and there's there's uh, content creators for all of all of these classes that I could easily point to and say, you know, J. Alexander for Rogue. Draco Cat for Demon Hunter. Flying Kraken for Druid. Lisa's Wicked Good. If you want to follow, find out the best decks for Warrior, you can follow Theo Hearthstone or even Edelweiss uh, for your Warrior decks and kind of find those those best things. And granted, you might even want to ask them. I know Edelweiss would, would definitely, uh, if you jumped into her streams on Twitch, would, would try and find you the best solution for Warrior. Um, and get you steered in the right direction. Definitely find find those find those content creators that are out there that can help you find the solutions that, that you need. Um, if not, have fun playing with it yourself. It's definitely a thing that you can do. So there's a lot of choices. And if you're finding that you're struggling with the meta in standard, check out Wild. Try it. Uh, I still recommend Duels. It's quickly become my 
favorite mode. I probably spend more time in there than anything else. Uh, and yeah, it's just about finding the fun. There's plenty to be had, even if your favorite decks aren't in the strongest position in your normal modes. I think Blizzard has done a great job with the nerfs and buffs. Definitely brought things more in line. I think it's just a card away and we'll uh, we'll get there. But definitely there's lots of fun to be had on, on the game. Definitely have fun out there. Thanks so much for everyone for joining us. And if you find something that you really enjoy playing, let us know so we can maybe highlight that in a future episode or have you on to talk about it as well. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Much love. (laughs) Have fun out there.